Hell yeah. Welcome back to another fantastic movie night autopsy. I'm Chad. I'm Sam. I'm Grace. I'm Asher. And we have gotten together again to celebrate film and friendship. Film and friendship. It's going to be a good one, y'all. This one's exciting. It's a classic. Get together, have a few drinks, eat some food, watch a fantastic movie. And our number one rule is at least one person in the group hasn't seen the movie. And who was it who hadn't seen this particular film? I don't think I'd seen it either. This is my first time. The Kim Kellys, Grace and Asher. The Kim Kellys. All right. And uh, so this was actually my favorite John Carpenter movie. I love this movie. uh, for, For such a long time. Pretty much until we watched They Live. Yeah, I dug They, they Live's my new favorite John Carpenter movie, but uh, the, yeah. when I still still in my brain, when I think of John Carpenter, I think of specifically this movie and none of his other movies. So, guys, I'm just going to get into it. Has everyone calmed down from Escape from New York? Woo! <laughs> and that's that's general consensus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one was a good one. This is one of the first early ones we All watched. Right, checking, group, right? checking the woo box. Yeah, <laughs> check the woo box. Getting it out of the way. Woo box. Uh, we still got to knock in. Sorry to bother you, reference at some point. We'll get there. Just keep an eye out we for have that. Plenty of time. Let it happen naturally. But Escape from New York is super. Oh God, it's it's one of those movies. First time I saw it when I was younger, it changed the way I, I looked at a movie. I watched it whenever I was younger, and just like I enjoyed it, but I had no idea what I was looking at. Like watching it, <laughs> yeah, as, right. Watching it as an adult, what's going on? It's <laughs> just is it. it like, I want to be terrified for the child version of me that watched this movie, but <laughs> but I know that that's ridiculous because I remember being a kid and watching the movie and loving it and having no idea what's right. going on whenever the Duke of New York is, like, threatening the president oh. with a gun with a, a number suitcase one. dangling from his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's different from Pokemon and whatever we watched as kids. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, makes you, it makes you an adult. Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies you watch as a kid that... In retrospect, you're like, maybe people shouldn't have been letting me watch this, but <laughs> I'm a better person because I did. Maybe you know? my parents should have spent a little bit more money on a better babysitter to pay attention to what yeah, I was it's doing. It's like when Fight Club was on TV and you're like, yeah, I'm probably way too young for this movie, but it's probably better for me that I've seen it going forward into the future. And man, if I if we said this in the They Live episode, if we'd seen They Live... When I was a kid, oh, oh man. man, yeah, that's that's like one of those kinds of movies, and this is this is kind of sort of one of those movies, but it's like the '80s action movie version of one of those kind of movies, because this this was 1981. It was still like at the dawn of like you know the true like the modern idea of what the action hero is. I mean, I mean, like still to this day, like like that's a that's a zeitgeist that was in the process of forming. And I mean, it's not as prominent as it was in the '90s with like the Schwarzeneggers, like in Terminator 2. But we still have like our Jason Stathams and our, and our Wayne the Rock Johnsons, and like they all kind of came as a result of movies like this one, like 1981 and Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. I thought you were dead. Yeah, oh, like, Plissken. God. This this was kind of one of this this was one of one of the Godfathers, you know? Yeah. First of all, we should talk about our protagonist, played by the in- inimitable Kurt Russell. Oh, Asher learned a word this week. Yeah. Kurt, it every day. Kurt as at his most rustled. <laughs> that is the most true of uh, this is like the most Kurt Russell movie. Yep. Ever. And before this, he was just in like kids' movies. And like I think he played he, Elvis once. Yeah, he was doing like Disney movies, right? Yeah. Like strongest man in the world his, or, or his like dad stuff was like an that. actor and he became an actor because uh, I don't know if because of it, but he was a kid actor. So that's weird to think Kurt Russell was a kid actor. And then he became Snake Pliskin. I mean, yeah, seriously, because he kind of just owns the role of Snake Pliskin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, solid. 
But it basically, so it's, it's, it's one of those movies where they get away with a bunch of things you don't see anymore, which is long credit sequence of just white letters of a back background. Yeah, props props on the movie for yeah. that, because it just starts with that. Like and it's just yeah, music it's and white bold, levers yeah. over... And then not only that, but once the credits are done, the first thing you see that's not credits is like, I forget what it says, but it's like uh, it, it's, it's like an, like an, uh, um, it's like a narrative point. Is what is what it's doing? Yeah, and it gives you the backstory. It's the prisoners trying to escape, and, and you, then you, you see hear, them. But but then like the first thing you hear is somebody reading exactly what's on screen in front of you. <laughs> just in case, oh, yeah. just in case you know, like, you know, it's in the eighties. They probably don't have time to read. And Chad, you told me earlier. Oh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis does is the, the is the narration, the for voice that, of for the that, narrator. And later, when you're in the government compound, you hear those announcements like. Uh, next bus leaving for the island. The prison is in two hours. So you know you what that means. You may now have time to wish to terminate your life on the premises. Oh yeah, so it'd be, it'd be uh, cremated. Uh, cremated. Cremated. Yeah. So you know what that means. They had her for the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and well, we thank God for it. Thank God for that. <laughs> so it's basically it's, uh, the desolate future of 1997. A common thread that you see a lot in 80s movies that like to do dystopian type things. Oh yeah. I like to I like to think that like that uh, that while this is happening on the East Coast, Predator Two is happening on the West Coast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. both take place in the dystopian future of 1997. Well, I mean, if you've looked at that world, it makes sense, and you know, and just accurate to the core. Absolutely. I'm just saying, you know, I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- a lot of people did that, and that was one of those things where it's like they guess they wanted the future, but the not too distant future, like before X Men, and they could say in the not too distant future. Right. And and like in and this was made in eighty one. Yeah. Like this was while like there was like kind of a crime wave going on. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was crime was on peak. the rise. It was the For peak sure. of the. It was getting to be one of the peaks of a, kind of like a, some of the crack. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Uh, fever back then. So there was especially in cities, especially yeah. in big cities, the crime was a lot spiking. Of gang violence. Yeah, and they was, thought it was going to continue. It actually went down in the nineties. But it, it was it was the era it was the era that you know got us that they gave us a story that. That was New Jack City, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, mm. came out of came out of like what was going on here, which influenced not only this movie but like you know the Running Man is one of those. Oh yeah, um, even Total Recall to a degree, I'd say was, like RoboCop. RoboCop. You know? I was gonna say was RoboCop set in '97 too. Even it might have been. Yeah. Even though um uh the Terminator itself is in the present day, it still goes with that grungy reality that in the future everything is gonna get worse. And Mad Max, even though it goes the kind of like. Uh, nuclear apocalypse route. It's the same thing. Like things are going to get worse. Going, I'm right. talking about the original Mad Max. Yeah. that come out. Things are going to get worse from the 80s to the 90s right. in a it's, drastic way. It's classic dystopian that uh, we used to only see in like books. And around the 70s is when we're starting to get kind of into, um, especially after World War II. Like we used to get a lot of uh, people just like, oh yeah, well it's just going to get worse and society's going to crumble. That's going to happen before things get better. If they get better, probably not. And according to this movie in 1981, they they thought that crime was going to rise 400% mm-hmm. in 1988. Yeah. And, and that's whenever oh, yeah. that's whenever like America was going to turn into like, you know, full martial law type like Mad Max but in America kind of territory. I see that movie. And that's what leads to yeah, I think everybody would. Yeah, and then that's what leads to uh, Manhattan being a mass security prison. Yeah, they they uh, shut down all the bridges. They built a giant wall around it. Mm-hmm. Just Manhattan, Manhattan Ju- Island, Manhattan Island, and not like Brooklyn. Not, no, Brooklyn yeah. and Queens is fine. Yeah, that's all, that's, that's weird because you see this shot at some point. You're like, oh, 
People still living in Brooklyn. <laughs> I understand the rent's probably cheap at this point, but well, you have to go can... through the prison to get out of there. Can't you see, though, like... that's what those people have been waiting for? Now they can look down <laughs> on Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> finally, once again, rent is cheap in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's what happens. And then we jump to this 1997, and, uh, it's, uh, and it does say that thing of like, 1997, now. Like in big letters it says, no. Yeah, they clearly didn't see uh, the Backstreet Boys. No, no. Coming. <laughs> anyway. Maybe, <laughs> that's where they got it. Anyway, anyway, so it's like a random night. Um, their base is on uh, Liberty Island. Uh, you get this really cool shot of a helicopter around the Statue of Liberty. They actually shot it at Statue of Liberty. And, oh, that's right. Just to make sure you don't get the point, they show two people trying to escape across the river. And a helicopter comes and tells them that you have 10 seconds to turn around or we'll blow you up. And I think they use the words blow them up because the people don't turn around after 10 seconds and a helicopter shoots a rocket and blows them out of the water. It gives them a warning shot first, too. It, yeah. It gives just, a warning rocket down and then it's a warning rocket. Just a warning rocket. A warning rocket. A warning rocket. You know how you get a warning <laughs> rocket before they actually blow your ass off the face of the earth? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's typical police protocol. Oh, yeah. The warning rocket. fire off a warning rocket. You know? Yeah. Two ships passing in international waters, you just give off a warning rocket. You you do a little bit of collateral damage before you do anything serious. Serious. Anything that you can't take back. So they get blown up. And that shows you how harsh yeah. they are yeah. on on uh, on people trying to get out of the city. And by the way, one of the big things that I think is so cool about the the Isle of Manhattan being shut down is there's there's no uh, guards in the city at all. It's just the wall. There's no power either. The only people, yeah, that's Not they really. show they show that skyline, and I was like, yeah. Every build, the only lights are on the ground level, like fires from the streets. Yeah, there are no lights on in any of the office buildings. All those giant buildings in in downtown it's, Manhattan are it's, just black. It's an know? '80s movie, so they still have the Trade Center there, prominent. He and lands like, on the Trade th- Center, and he lands on the Trade Center in the, later in the movie. But it's just still like, like, like those were the tallest buildings. Yeah, <laughs> so they have that dark silhouette go up. What, what was it? One hundred thirteen. But before he lands was, on the Trade Center. The commander-in-chief on Air Force One has an unfortunate incident. Yeah. It's a major catalyst of the movie. Yeah, Yeah. they have a... You don't really know what's going on at first. You just see someone kind of spouting revolutionary propaganda into the... the people's liberation. Yeah, power to the people. Yeah, power to the people kind of stuff into, like, the captain's microphone. He's communicating... With people <laughs> with a gun saying like this is going to be a terrible blow. We're going to like take back the revolution, yada. Mm-hmm. But, but at the beginning of the movie, you don't know what's going on. You yeah. just no. see this and you're like, oh. Well, they the have heck? a code name for the. Uh, you're just like, what's going on here? Is like, is is like half the people in the movie going to turn out to be aliens or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the like the thing is, is when the, when the plane reaches this restrictive airspace, the the plane has a code name, so they don't figure out it's Air Force One until it's almost too late. And then they establish radio contact with the people, the People's Liberation Front of America. Something is like that. that. The, is that the not the Americans People's Liberation Front, the People's Liberation Front of America? Yeah, not to be confused. They split off. But they have taken Air Force One, and uh, uh, Donald Pleasance is uh, our British president. Apparently, we had a British one in 1997. Well, he just covered up the accent. Yeah, <laughs> you know. He, so they can't break it. They can't. He break. was portraying an American. Yeah. It's not. You know. Don't read too much into it. First of all, before you say they can't break into the the cockpit, I just want to point out that when you watch the scene 
of the guy trying to break into the cockpit is the most half-assed. You can clearly tell the actor is just phoning uh, it in. He's just kind of moving the rifle against the door, like, huh, huh. Well, that guy wasn't. I don't. Uh, I don't know if he was a professional uh, because of who it was. Well, I, I do. I do have to say, just like on that note, like the extras in this movie did not go the extra mile. They did not. Yeah, yeah. They did not. Checking off that box. Checking off that box. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, fun fact, which are never fun, but sometimes facts. That was Gerald Ford's son trying to bust down the the door to the cockpit of Air Force One. Gerald Ford? President Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford. So why? Hi, I'm Jerry. Do you like nachos? Yeah. It was, yeah. So they got him for some reason, some damn reason. And the point is, the president has to get out the plane. He's got these these briefcase he's, like yeah, handcuffed got, to his hand. He's got something really important in that briefcase, and he handcuffs it to his hand the second that he realizes the plane's going down. Yeah, and and the the terrorists are aiming the plane for the prison of Manhattan. Yeah, because all of Manhattan's a prison. Yeah, I don't know if there's significance in the building that he crashes into, but they're like they're watching it happen. It, it, like it crashes straight into a building and just like plummets to like the yep. third floor or something like that. Everyone on that plane dies. Yep, except the president who's in a pod. Yeah, yeah. like but this, of course like before before he goes into the pod, he says, "May God save me and watch over you all." Like that's like that's gonna help. Thanks, thanks for your sentiment, bud. But they're all dead. You're in an yep, Easter egg dead. of safety. I don't Easter really. Easter egg of safety. Nature help. We see the Easter egg several times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Please, so, please call it what it is—a plot device. <laughs> <laughs> so the president goes down. Uh, the people, uh, oh, the United States police force that runs the prison at Liberty Island, all hop on a bunch of choppers and go into New York. Oh yeah, which they don't do. Yeah, so there, there's like two rare. or three choppers, and uh, there's our head warden, uh, played by Lee Van Cleef, uh, Western Lee star. Van Cleef. Lee Van Cleef from uh, Good, Bad, the Ugly. He was the bad. And this is where you meet Grace's favorite character in the movie. Because they land, and they're looking, and you hear some guy going, ha, 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 off in the distance. Oh, the weird guy? Oh, the crazy yeah. guy? With the crazy guy. hair? Crazy uh, Billy Idol hair. Yeah. That was really creepy. Oh, man, which guy was he? He was the uh, he was the guy he was the I don't know he's he, basically like the Duke's right hand man. Was he Remy? Was he that guy? The crazy guy? I, I can't remember. Uh, well, Can we're we, just we're he just. He was gonna... a guy who used a whole c- case of product in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah no, he definitely guy. he definitely did have all that going on. And he did the like <sighs> thing a lot. He walked like, so he walks up go, to the <sighs> warden, and I think they figure out right away that that's the president that crashed because I think the seals on the pod right. Yeah, right. you even pointed that out. They're like, oh, yeah, they just, put just the presidential it. seal on the escape pod. Just in case. No, Great make thinking. Sh- yeah, yep. just so everyone knows whose it is and you won't take it. Here I am, Waldo. You found me. But the dude walks up and he's just like, shoot me, he dies. If you're not in the air in 30 seconds, he dies. If you do if, this, he dies. If you do that, If you he come dies. back in again, he dies. If you dies. come back in again, he dies. Oh. Like, hey, man, are you going to be vague and cryptic about all this shit, or are you just going to tell us what's going on? But is that when he also vague shows the fingers? Yeah, he cuts out his finger, uh, and uh, he cuts out the president's finger, and they show it to him, and it's you can, it's a finger with a ring for the president of the United States, where which mm-hmm. apparently they have those, I guess, whatever. But he's, but it's, and it's, so it's, he's I mean, like, we have the president, here's his finger to prove it. I mean, do they have those? I think In they this- only give those out whenever the president wins the Super Bowl. Oh, so not that often. It's like yeah. every quarter okay. century. Okay. But I mean, but it's a really rough time in 1997, so who knows? <laughs> 
But anyhow, so they, they get out of there because they realize this yeah. guy means business. He tries to talk turkey with him. He's like, hey, what do you want? Do you want money? What's the deal? What, yeah. what do you do? And the guy just also, starts doing the countdown. Also, what's your turkeys? <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving isn't like, like two days. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, we're, we're recording this around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Turkey's on the brain. So, But he just does the countdown. He's like... He's like, if you're not gone in 30 seconds, he'll die. And when he starts like, hey, what do you want? He's like, 20, 19, 19, 18 18 seconds. You know, and so they get out of there. Oh, you're a jerk. Yeah. So they fly off and that's (laughs) it. What a meanie. And they're like, what do we do? We got to. They're like, what do we do? We got to get this guy over to the place for the thing at some point because plot. Do do they say why? The movie has to move forward. (laughs) The movie has to move forward. The show must go on. Do they say why they have to get him besides the fact that he's a president? Because the show must go on. Okay, fine. Good enough. So you know he's got he's got his briefcase and everything and his yeah. whole outfit and they're moving they're marching forward with the, with the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then introducing Snake Plissken. Snake Plissken. I thought he was dead. Plissken. Everybody Plissken. dead. Plissken. I mean, apparently, Plissken. literally everybody in this movie has heard of Snake Plissken and thought he was dead. You know what's weird too is his like his first shot of him just getting off like the Greyhound bus. They just show him like a normal dude, and you're like, okay. It's not. You thought like the intro of Snake Plus can be like badass, but, but he has just, an a, eye patch. He well, does look badass. Well, he's he's one of the first, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not like there was an established trope already. That's true. That like, is true. Yeah, it's not some like Raiders, like revealed shot where like he turns around, and steps out of the shadow. It's just like I'm Snake Pliskin. No, he gets off of a Greyhound bus and he has a fucking job to go do. Yeah, that's true. He is a dude on the clock, both literally and figuratively, in this movie. Oh, they, yeah. They Very also, literally. He's also kind of glossed over the fact that Snake Bliskin is an ex-war hero. Well, they, they, they do really hammer in the fact he's an ex-military mm-hmm. because that explains a lot of his skills that he has. He, um, he flew over Leningrad. Yeah, they Leningrad. Leningrad. That's Leningrad. A, that's you know how the... the Anyhow, so <laughs> you know how so, the bit no no bit got, nope nope we're got, not doing that. He's got some sweet bow staff skills. <laughs> it's good, but the uh, um, they don't really kind of go into the fact that he was he had a lot of accolades from the military, but then all of a sudden he became a criminal. Yeah, that's what and he it kind there. of implies that it's because he was jaded by being kind of, not in the military, but being like uh, like he's seen so much of the world and stuff like that that he kind of went rogue and is doing his own thing. And now well, I think that there's like there's a universe where like Snake Plissken goes left and is Snake Plissken, or he goes right and is Rambo. Oh, Ooh. and I think that we're just watching the universe where he is Snake Plissken, as opposed to the universe where he's Rambo. The the active versus like the passive. Yes. Okay. Could he have been? Um. Is there a third a third path where he might have been like uh, what was his name? Uh, Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. I mean, possibly, like, but that's like that's like honestly, I'd I'd say if that's going to be a Snake Plissken, that's a Snake Plissken like in thirty years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like for sure. You're right. You're right. Post escape from L.A. Snake Plissken ends up going down like. The Delaware River or something because <laughs> it's starting a cold because because Delaware starting a because cult America of death. because America is just like yeah. it, it's just ascended into hell and now he's holed up in the depths of the Delaware and he's you know just fucking yeah rolling shit just just like up in the jungle with his and people reading poetry yeah and, and ruling a cold of death yeah but, uh yeah so watching but, but it, get slaughtered but in this a- movie apparently eating cheeseburgers i don't know but in, <laughs> but in this movie he's, he's he was sweating a lot 
It's hot in the jungle. <laughs> but in this and, movie, we're talking about Snake Plissken. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Wow, we're talking about was... Snake Plissken. Thought he anyway, was dead. I thought so, he was dead. But, so you know, so he, the warden he's not, and he just got <laughs> off a greyhound. The warden brings over the greyhound to uh, <laughs> to. Uh, He's just like, I'm going to give a little bit of the backstory of your story to you right before I send you into this thing because this is actually really important. We don't have time for this. But they do it anyway. They, they t- give, tell you who Snake is, and they let him know, we got to go rescue the president of the United States of America from the prison that is New York City. And Snake is like, what has it got to do with me? And he's just like, I'll give you a full pardon. You can go back to doing whatever. Full pardon for every damn thing you did. I'm ready to kick your ass out the world, war, war hero. But that's a badass line. Yeah. Lee Van Cleef says it to him, but he's uh. like, "Go rescue the president," and he's just like, "Full pardon." He's like, "Yeah, I, I don't care." Like, Pliskin like, says, "I need to think about it." And he's <laughs> like, "No, you need to tell me right now, no. or I'm throwing you in jail." And he's like, "I'm thinking about it." Takes his time and whispers a lot. Yeah, so they do it, and then they uh, there's like that rundown scene of, "All right, you're gonna fly in on this glider. Here's your gun. It's this thing. You're gonna land on the World Trade Center. Take an elevator down to the fiftieth floor." Walk the rest of the way. You have a timer for you. You have a tracker to find the president. He's got a thing on him that tracks it. Uh, hit this button when we need to pick up uh, where you are to know that you're still alive. And here's a whole bunch of bullets. Any questions? And then they're like, we got to give you an inoculation shot. And this is the crazy thing. This is the insane thing that really, let's say, motivates Snake to kind of be the all that he can be. Motivate this me. This is also the Mad Max factor of the. Yeah, so the the doctor puts these like two uh-huh. like trigger trigger gun things to like inject something into yep. his, both sides of his neck, right in his neck, right in his neck, into his arteries. <laughs> and the doctor's like, "Tell him, you tell him," because the doctor has conviction. And have you ever played Fallout? You know what a slave collar is? Well, imagine a slave collar inside of your neck. Yeah. So basically, these guys just like, all right, so there's these little capsules, and when that timer's up on your wrist, they'll dissolve, and when they dissolve, there's these little electrodes that will pop your arteries just big enough for you to bleed out. Yeah, it's just like a so pin, you, it's just size of a pinhead, but it's enough. Pin, it's enough to make you bleed out on uh, two parts of your neck, so yeah, you better get over to Manhattan. And also, you have 24 hours, but also the 24 hours has already started, and you're <laughs> not going to get there for like another three. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you get there around hour 20. Yeah. Good luck with that. But then he gets in the, then they do this like glider sequence because he flew a glider over Leningrad, right? Leningrad. Over Leningrad. Uh, they send this glider and it's a pretty cool shot. It's like this. Um, it's only a model. <laughs> it's all. <laughs> but like these like uh, 3D imagery of like inside the capsule of like cameras uh, giving a diagram of all the buildings around them because you can't see. You just have to kind of hope. Yeah, you get like the down view. You get like the down view and the side view, and and um, you kind of have to. I guess you got to get like like it's 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 the eighties idea of what graphics would look like in nineteen ninety seven. Yes, a lot of green. Looks like a Vectrex. Yeah, yeah. Never seen one of those. This looks like a Vectrex graphics. You know. And he lands on the World Trade Center, and he how he lands is he shoots like a grappling hook out the back of that sucker. And it, it is a rope attached, and it stops him, but it stops him at the edge. Yeah, it's like an anchor. It's like an anchor. Like a plant anchor. But when he a lands... Plan- a planker. A planker. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Good night, everybody. No, 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 no. This, this guy, <laughs> no, no, no. This guy gets it. Yeah. So, I mean, all gliders should come equipped with a planker. A planker. Saves lives, Chad. So, because of the way the glider landed on the World Trade Center... Plankers and pleat plelts. They save lives. 
Why not throw in a nice plumbus? So he lands on top of the World Trade Center. And the way he lands is such a way he's hanging off the edge. So when he gets on the radio, it's just like, Snake, you land all right? He goes, yeah, but takeoff's bullshit. I can't take off. Oh, you better find a way out, Plitzkin. It's just like, hey, so this plan's already screwed up. He's just like, figure it out. <laughs> Screw you Figure it out. Even so more. Pliskin's plan involving the planker is already. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will give you one more shot to pull that off because I want to hear what the last one was. No, there is no last one. Oh, just, how I got dare nothing. you? <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's what happens, and Snake gets to the ground, and now he is in New York City mm-hmm. with the craziest firepower. He only has two guns, but one is a Mac 10 with a scope and a silencer that's the size of his arm. So it looks like a rifle type gun. And his inventory carry weight is like a good 180. And he's, only, <laughs> he's only carrying about like 40 right now. Yeah. So he's, he has room for so much more yeah. guns and ammo. Plus, if you can find some health along the way, that's going to help him out a it's lot. It's going to help him out a lot. But the problem is there aren't, they're very scarce in this. This is a very high level area of the map. So he's going to have to look very hard to find that stuff. And he does. He does. He starts on his search presently. It's true, and, and given how big the map is, it's kind of disappointing how little things he's actually able to interact with. I was actually surprised he didn't fast travel more. Like, why didn't he just pause and then select another point on the New York map and just go there? That would have made a lot more done. sense, and then you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have had to deal with exposition the cab driver. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So we just saved him a bunch of time right there. So much for Kurt Russell. <laughs> so much Snake for Plissken. Snake Plissken. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> I put up with that for what felt like an eternity. <laughs> so he ends up going into an abandoned building where he ends up, uh, like, well, uh, well, like the first group that he encounters, like, like they, they dial up to 11 right away. The first group he encounters <laughs> yeah, are right cannibals. Away. Yeah. 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 He goes like, right away with the cannibals. He, Already with the cannibals. He goes into a coffee shop, meets a woman. She's like, well, I'm only here because I got stuck here. Wait, no, we skipped something. I'm only, I'm only here because I'm married to the director. <laughs> Actually, that woman in that scene was Kurt Russell's first wife. Oh, we're not to her yet. No, we're not to her yet, though. Whoa. But, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, we skipped the Broadway scene. How the hell do we oh, skip the that? People. The people. He goes. He's looking for people. He's looking for the mon- the thing. Hey, this this movie covers a lot of bases. There's it, a lot to talk about. But he goes and he it tracks him to a, a Broadway theater where there's uh, people doing uh, just like show tunes that like they wrote. Yeah, yeah. And that's people right. watching yeah, it, it. It's it's the Manhattan Mass Prison yeah. version of theater. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's Manhattan. You still got to have theater. You got well, theaters. yeah. I mean, like, there was an audience. There were people there to see it. Well, I, I like to point out that uh, even in when uh, they portrayed it in this movie, that even when society had completely crumbled and it was just a bunch of criminals living without the rule of law, without the support of society, mm-hmm. they're, completely on the own, they're completely on their own, they still pursued the arts. They still were like, there, there was, are people there was here still a culture. that want to put on a musical and there are people here that would want to see that. And even though they're living... In a life that yeah. from day to day they might die, like any day there it might eat their end or they might run out of food or something. They're still gonna go and like watch that play. There, there was still a need for culture. Yeah, and that's where he meets Cabby. Yep, that's the first. Is that the first uh, when Cabby runs into him? Is that the first? Uh, yeah, Snake Plissken. Thought you were dead. That's the first one. Yep, from Cabby. Okay. Yeah. Once he lands a cab in New York, driver named Exposition. Yeah, <laughs> played by Ernest Borgnine, who's having fun. Oh yeah, he's having that a dude's blast. having a blast. I'm glad he's in that movie. Can you imagine Snake Plissken in my cab? I've been driving a cab for 30 years. You don't want to get stuck around here, Snake. Yep. 
Yeah, so he goes, so he uh, he breaks away from Cab because he can't trust him at first because he's Snake Plissken. Snake Plissken trusts nobody. You shouldn't. So he takes off down the street and he goes into like a coffee shop, and that's where he like meets that lady who's just like, "I'm just stuck here." And is that the crazy scene that we're talking about with the cannibals? With the cannibals? Yeah. So like, there's like a noise. The cannibal animals. And, oh. And like, yeah. Like, I remember there, we were in the theater and Snake Plissken goes downstairs and Kebby's like, "I don't know if you want to do that." Oh, that's, he goes that's, down, where he, that's where he finds. And he the, goes down the rabbit hole and he finds the president's tracker down there, but it's not on the president. Yeah, this this like bum has it, and, and he, he goes, "I'm the president. I know I'm the president." The second I put this thing on my wrist, I found out. You know what? I was the president. Yeah, that hey. guy's awesome. <laughs> that's a nice knife. Those are nice boots. <laughs> by the way, he found that guy who was just getting punched in the face repeatedly by some other guy. Like he walked up behind him and he was just punching some guy. And then, hey, you play. let him live his life. If he's into that, you know yeah. you to judge. If that guy wants to get punched every day in New York City, let him do it. That's totally fine. But I just wanted to How point New that York. out. Am I right, guys? So he pieces out of the theater and then he goes around the corner and then he sees this weird singular man out on the street and he's got like a crowbar or something and he's tapping the sewer grates. Yeah, he's like, and this isn't this oh, isn't yeah. the same guy, right? This isn't. Uh, turns out Romero is the guy that you were thinking of, the crazy hair guy. It's not that guy. <sighs> no, it's like some guy in a trench coat. He's like less David Bowie. Yeah, he's like he's like tapping this. He's crates. more like Uncle Finster from Adam's Family. He's like bald and got like weird teeth, but he's just banging on shit. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and he gets the cannibals out. Yeah, he's like taps on all the sewer grates. And uh, this is where the movie starts to feel more like the Warriors, because there is like kind of a theme with certain groups that all kind of look similar. Oh yeah, this movie has like factions. Yeah, yeah, like everyone's dividing their groups. These people start coming out of the woodwork, both literally, and uh, no, just literally, just literally, just literally, just, just the literally one coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, and Snake takes off and hides, and he hides in a in a coffee, sh- a chock full of nuts coffee shop. And he finds the second person who recognizes him. The first yeah. the lady. lady he walks into on oh, the yeah. island. First lady. Not like the first lady. Not like country. the first lady. You know what I mean? It's the first lady. Female characters. Those those wives in the coffee this, shop. This movie only has a president. It doesn't have the first lady. <laughs> but there is a chock full of nuts. And there's a whole thing that goes on in there. And Snake Plissken has to shoot his way out. Which he does. Yeah. After he sees the lady terrifyingly yeah. drawn into the she, floor, she got oh, got. yeah, oh yeah, she she got got. totally she got alien got. style. She got got. Yeah, hard. there was there was no saving her. Like, like you, I mean, like going into the movie, at least like nowadays, like like having not seen it in a while, and then sitting down to watch it, going into the movie, it's just like, what happens with her? Oh, yep, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, but the crazies reminded me of the zombies from Walking Dead. You there. think you <laughs> think that like that she, that he's gonna be able to save her, but then nope, they kill her, and the ones who he didn't kill probably ate her because he didn't kill them all. Yeah, it's like terrifying. She's just standing there. That that floor opens up, and they grab her, Pull and there's right so down. many of them, or they're so frantic that. For a few seconds after her being underneath the ground, there's still arms flailing above ground. Yep. Trying like crazy to get at anything. It's horrifying. Yep. It is. Uh, God, you, you forget it's people. It's it's Mad Max, but in America. Yeah. It, it's horrifying. It's yeah. So Pliskin takes off. He busts the window, and he does an epic run through the streets of New York, and these people chase him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Tom Cruise, eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> No, and yeah, no, and, and they are persistent. They're like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid persistent. They are always on his ass. 
He's running, and the only person they saved by Cabby. It's Cabby's like, it's the, one like pulls the up bandit chasing Smokey. Like they're just uh-huh. they're on it. <laughs> no, well, that's what I'm saying. And Cabby's totally chill. He's like, all right. He's like, you don't want to get caught in this neighborhood after dark, Snake. It's dangerous. While he's lighting a Molotov cocktail yeah, to throw right. out of his cab to blink these people off in his awesome cab playing like swing music. Like, like you know, if he just turned off that chase music, they'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the New York version of chase music to what like banjos is to like a country chase. When you think about it. So to illustrate how badass Pliskin is, as soon as Cabby has rescued him, which Cabby clearly did, Pliskin then puts a gun <laughs> to Cabby's throat. It's so sure how much he appreciates. Take him. me to Brain. Is that where he, or to the Duke? He wants to go to the Duke. No, he doesn't know the Duke. He says, well, "Take me where yeah, the president." He, is. The president is. Take me to where the president is. He's like, ah, the Duke's got the president. Everyone knows that. Everyone the Duke's knows got that? the president. That's what the that's what He's Cabby like, well, says. Well, take me to the Duke. He goes, oh, you can't just go to the Duke. Yeah. You got to be introduced to the Duke. And th- is this where he's like, well, I'll take you to Brain. We'll figure it out. Right? Well, no, no well, uh, I, I think he brings up the Brain. He's just like, you want to see the Brain? Why don't you just tell me you want to see the Brain? I know everybody. I know the Brain. I know where the Brain is. Why don't you just tell me that you don't want to see the Brain? And then he takes him to the Brain. Okay. And uh, Brain and... Uh, and the he, Brain is just the worst. The worst dude ever. Yep. The he, worst. He lives in the New York Public Library... Like the one from Ghostbusters, uh, yeah, like like the like the yeah the that, one that one from Ghostbusters. That's yep. sp- haunted. Kept it's, saying, "Why is he standing there?" It's haunted. You know, Makes that's no a trend in the John Carpenter movies. Like, you know, and this this one has the library from Ghostbusters, and they live has the fucking thing. It has the PKE meter that the they PKE use it wrong. Meter. Well, they're using it like a rate. Don't get me is started, there a man. Ghostbusters reference in every John Carpenter movie? That's homework for all of you. Which is weird because John Carpenter was making movies before Ghostbusters was real, as was this movie. So does John Carpenter not only have a time-traveling machine? You know what? I like to believe, deep down in my heart, that that's not true. You can also believe it deep down in your mind. <laughs> that is also not true. So he takes him to the brain in the library, and uh, he bangs on the giant door, and uh, who else answers the door but Maggie. That's right. You're all going to see the brain. Here's Maggie. Here's Maggie's, Maggie. She's a character. She's a character. She's the, she's the main squeeze of the brain and kind of the muscle for the brain because the brain's kind of just, he's a thinker. He tells everybody what to do, but Maggie's like she's good, good with shot. a pistol. She's a yeah, good she's shot. A good she's shot. a woman of action. She, she's a woman of action. Except for in the last scene, but oh. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But brain has the spine of a slinky. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. He goes whichever he's which way it's going to go. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was a good one. That's a wow. good one. Spine of a slinky goes whichever way it's going to go. Oh, wow. man. That was a really good way to sum up that character. That's and, why I and, hated him so much. And also, Maggie is, uh, I feel like, you know, mostly she's just there because she's married to the director. I argue Could, that she makes has some good moments and, uh, and serves a purpose a little bit. But would you say that that actress is a good actress? I like Adrian Barbeau and things. I don't or, think she's like... Do you, do you think that they could have got somebody better to play that role? I totally think that she was smoking. <laughs> I feel like like the role of Maggie. I was, mean, like, like she was, she was, she was, she was rocking her assets for the entire film, and John Carpenter knew what he was doing with every shot that she was in. I, like we would all agree to that. But in terms of like acting prowess, you don't think there's like anyone better who could have played that role I, uh, potentially? I, I, I don't wasn't know. married to the director. That wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't married 
to the person I that was she, at the director's <laughs> chair for the movie. I think she's a natural talent. I mean, she's a national treasure and a natural talent. And John Carpenter was lucky to be able to contract her. For she that was Novell. And I think all he, of you. I think all of you. Personally, but, I didn't even know that. I think all of you, but Grace, are a bunch of sellouts. <laughs> <laughs> So the brain. <laughs> so Snake meets the brain. Turns out Snake knows the brain. The yes. brain, played by Harry Dean Stanton, who's awesome in a lot of stuff. And this one, the brain's kind of like a snarling little shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because He's Bliskin awful. goes right up to him and says, all right, brain, what are we doing tonight? <laughs> and the brain says, same thing we do every you night, Bliskin. The hell out of <laughs> We're going to try and take over the world. Basically. How long have you been working on that? That like literally just came to me. Wow. Oh, it shows. Know. So happy. Okay. So, so I, blame, I blame the room then. <laughs> Pliskin. So the brain the is actually brain. someone that Pliskin knows. Uh, he goes, hello, Harold. They know each other and they know each other from Kansas City because they had a job in Kansas City and the brain took off. The brain left him high and dry. High and dry. And you don't even want to see what happened to Fresno Bob. Oof. They have no clue. And they, that's all the movie gets into about it, and that's it. That's it. They never bring it up again. Ever. I mean, Fresno Bob was never the same after that incident nope. at the Super Bowl. Nope. But um, The one the president won? That Super Bowl? I mean, I think I think it might have been. <laughs> well, anyhow, he, he, does he is this when he convinces his brain, hey, we need to go, like... Get the pre. You need to take me to the president right now, and I can get you out of here. Is that kind of like the the vibe he gives him? Like we can get out of New York if you help me, or yeah, he kind of like heavily implies and and if he, you I think scratch my back, yeah, I won't kill you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's Nick Plissken's whole thing. If you help me, you'll stay alive for a while, well, a little bit longer at least. So hey, I said that I would kill you. <laughs> You might die in the process of what we're doing, but I won't kill you. You hear what I'm trying to do? It's fucking insane. I have explosives in my neck. Why are, why are, we, why are any of us doing any of this? I don't know. It's the 90s. None of us really know what we're doing. As thought of in the 80s. Have you heard Third Eye Blind? None of us really fucking get it right now. <laughs> you know, the main thing about... uh. Prison, New York City, 1997 is a few things. One, no power. One, no leaving the island. Three, just just the right amount of torturous third eye blind music is shipped in <laughs> for them to be forced to listen to. Because this movie could not foresee the Backstreet Boys, but they did foresee third eye blind. <laughs> they all, they, they, did, uh, they saw all, that coming. We we all saw it coming a little bit. We just wish you would step we, back from that ledge, my friend. I mean, musically speaking, we got what we deserved. Yeah, it was exactly what we deserved. So what happened next? Does, what, the brain doesn't take him. Does the brain take him right to the Duke? Like right away? Um, is this the yeah, first I'm, Duke scene? I think it might have been super easy, barely an inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, yeah. I feel like I feel like he, yeah, he tries to bring him to the to the Duke, and they're at a train, right? Well, the Duke's not there yet, and so they're like. Oh, yeah, well, the Duke told us to stop by, so we're going to wait inside. He's like, well, maybe we all ought to wait outside. Well, maybe we ought to wait inside, except maybe we'll wait outside. All yeah. the while, Snake Don't you see the Duke's is... car first, though? Before and, you talk to Duke? Well, oh, can we talk about the Duke's it's, car? It's like, it's, like, it's like a convoy. It's like a convoy, but the Duke's car oh, is man. out front. This car is crazy. Duke's car is, so it's, like, it's like, pretty... Like, like Biggie would be... Yeah. yeah like, He's got, it's, yeah. It's, it's the Duke and his boys. Just and he like, and, and just rolls up, rolls up in a I want to say a Pontiac. Enforce, 
Is this car a Pontiac? There's there's chandeliers. I just noticed the, the chandeliers. Chandeliers on the car. He's got he's got a mirror ball hanging from the from the uh, rear view. And hydroponic <laughs> so action on the car also. Yep. Yeah. It's just loud in every single kind of way. Yeah. There's like no muffler. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know who the Duke is, who's played by Isaac Hayes. Yep. Oh yeah. Solid solid role for Isaac Hayes. He was a good actor. Like Chef everyone himself. Everyone like kind of thinks of just like he only ever did chef, but he acted a bit and he's really good in stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's solid in this. He's a good. He does a good role. Yeah, he's also a sneeze, father of Achu. <laughs> <laughs> you better go or you'll miss the tide. Never That's forget. That's who he is. <laughs> That's what it is. I forgot about that. Bless you. Bless us all, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> this Christmas. Next time I'm moving on autopsy. <laughs> We will not be talking about Robin Hood Men in Tights. Because we all watched it. <laughs> We've all seen it. And we um, don't need to talk anymore about that movie. So they show up. They, they, they don't pull off sealing the president very well. Pliskin gets caught. So does the brain and oh, Maggie. Every, everybody, everybody gets caught. Everybody they but just, Cabby, because Cabby took off. Yeah, because he was smart. He saw that this was a terrible idea. And, and he, he should get out of there. He also, knew. Also, he, he has to be around later for exposition. Exactly. He knew he was going to have to save their butts later. I'll just show up in about... Ten hours, <laughs> right when they need me. I'll just wait for the next plot beat in the script. So <laughs> they get there. The Duke catches them all, and uh, it's not is Pokemon, this... dude. Like, calm down. No, we. <laughs> but he had to catch them all, <laughs> and yeah, that's actually actually they are because he catches Snake Plissken okay, and makes him bit. fight another one of the oh, people he's right. captured. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, it's like a whole thing. Freaking oh, it's a thing. Oh yeah, Goliath. Oh, oh, and by the way, like, like leading up to this moment is where Snake Plissken, he tr- like, like, because he's trying to rescue the president. He gets to the president. He catches one of the leg. And this is about yeah. an hour into the movie. And for the rest of the movie, he's just got a fucking arrow in his leg. Yeah. Yep. He's limping the whole rest of the movie. Because of the arrow. And like homemade crossbows. <laughs> so everyone's got like homemade crossbows because they can't get guns. So like they get captured. Uh-huh. The brain is captured, but he's able to like talk his way out of dying immediately because he's just like, oh, well, he had a gun on me. What was I going to do? It's like, I don't know, be a fucking man or something. But... <laughs> no, I'm a slinky. You can tell that the Duke is also not happy even with the idea of a gun being on him. He's not cool with the fact that the brain did this because it's the Duke and you never cross the you Duke. You don't cross the Duke. You, you just don't cross one. the Duke. You don't. But so, so they all get captured and the president gets captured again. Um, and then we see God, this guy gets captured more than Peach. More than Peach. It's ridiculous. If only Mario were there, this whole problem would. I be would worse. watch Mario Escapes from New York. Mario Escapes. Imagine all the things you can jump off of, especially if it co-starred John Leguizamo. How dare you? What I'm you. trying to say is, you would play Mario Escapes from New York. You would not <laughs> enjoy it, watching. Is that what Mario Escapes was? And if, it, and if it involved King Koopa. How dare. You started this, sir. Ugh. Uh, but I'm going to finish it by just like plowing forward. In a healthy way. Because that's all that you can do in this kind of time. Uh, so like he's being marched out to in some kind of like weird looking fighting arena where it's like there are ropes like a boxing or wrestling ring. There's also like pieces of, a, of like a wire fence mm-hmm. like welded to it. And he's going in there. He's got a trash can lid for a shield. And... A Charlie Kelly like rat stick <laughs> for a bat. <laughs> well, they to they be start fair, with bats. To be fair, they both have the same weapons to start with. 
It's just regular bats. Well, yeah, to begin with. And then they get the spiked bat. And then they yeah. get the spiked bat, the like nail sticking out bat. The like Charlie the, Kelly uh, red sticks. Up, up the odds. <laughs> up the odds, because we're just like, we're bored. Throw what if a you spiked need to bat die faster? There's not enough skin in the game. We need more of that. The guy he's fighting, as Grace pointed out, is huge. He's a Goliath. He's a massive dude. Who's And there, oh, yeah. when he's walking to the ring, they're bringing someone he's on like, a stretcher who's obviously dead. He's like, he, he's like Blaster without Master. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good, good reference, man. He he's like twice as big as Kurt Russell, and Kurt Russell's not a tiny dude. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, like I he's mean, not like a giant dude, but he's not a small dude. No, either. he's not a small exactly. dude. Exactly. Especially this era of of Kurt Russell. So like, um, peak Kurt Russell. This yeah. is pretty peak Kurt Russell. Yeah. So they have a great fight scene, and at first the guy's pretty much. Pliskin uh, is dealing with him like he's, but he's got a wounded leg. He's holding the guy's his own a lot the bigger than him, so he's basically just kind of holding it up. He's spending he's, a lot of time on the de- on the defensive. Yeah, he's not trying to actually get this guy at all. He's it's just trying they, to not get hit. It's when they switch over to the trash can shield and the fucking Charlie bat that they they <laughs> that they're like we're gonna we're gonna Charlie up bat. this ante a little bit because now they're because it is up now even the and they both have the same weapon so the big guy also has a spiked bat that he's swinging at him and then after a couple of swings like he catches the fucking shield gets that away from him yeah yeah so the um so because snake lost his shield the Goliath guy. Well, well he's got him cornered. He's, he's got, got him, him cornered. Well, there's that crazy thing where the two bats get interlocked for a second. But that's and the guy he throws them. The yeah. guy throws them and Snake rolls. So he's got like, him down. He's like, got him down. He wants him. So he throws his shield to the side. And he goes, thinks he's got him. Up. But he's never encountered Snake Pliskin. Snake plays dirty. Snake goes straight for the gut and stuffs the guy in his straight tracks. Straight for the gut. And then immediately. Clocks him right in the goddamn brainstem, right, right in the, the back of the, the head, fucking head, the nail and, in the bat, and the Pow. dude, and the dude just kind of takes it, stands there for a second, falls forward right o- to the ropes, over the rope, and just stays there, and everyone starts going, snake, 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 snake. 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 The Duke's snake. champion has fallen. All hell, snake. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And all these dudes around him have little pieces of things that he used to have, so he takes back from Goliath. Uh, his timer watch. Yeah. And one of the, the guys who brings him into the into the uh the arena place, um, he has the tracker yeah. thing that he immediately presses. Yeah, and that's what signifies um he's still alive to the people over at Liberty Island. Because they've been in the dark for like fifteen hours at this point. Because his walkie talkie broke. Meanwhile. What's up with the man? Meanwhile, the brain concocts a plan to get the president. And the plan involves of going in there and killing people. You thought the brain would have a smarter plan than that, but it seems to work, so it's just the right amount of thought. It mainly works because Maggie's a badass and can shoot three people in about one second. With a revolver. With a revolver. A hammer back gun. A revolver with a scope on it that she doesn't use. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Well, nobody would. (laughs) But like he goes in, he's like, the Duke wants me to, uh," he talks to the crazy guy, the crazy David Bowie guy. And he's just like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's uh, Romero. Romero, Frank, really? Frank Doubleday, as it turns out. It's uh, they, he named the character Romero. Romero, of course he did. Good yeah. homage, very nice. He is like a video game character. Yeah, definitely. So he goes in there and he's just like, Duke wants the president. He goes, Duke didn't tell me nothing, brain. And so he's there and he's like looking at. It. He's like, uh, oh no, what it was? It's like uh, he's like, uh, Duke thinks he may have a cyanide pill hidden somewhere in his clothes. I got to look for it. And the guy doesn't believe he goes, Brain, what's all this about? And as he's like walking towards the brain, the brain pulls out a knife and stabs the guy. And that's when Maggie takes out these three dudes like crazy. 
They just go down. Just sitting there. And then they have the president now. And that's they have the president convening at the same time that snake uh, just got loose. And everyone knows there's a glider at the top of the World Trade Center. So they're trying to take off. Brain and Maggie are trying to take off with the president. Without Snake. Without they Snake. They don't care about at Snake the glider, at this point. And Snake catches up with them to the top of the World Trade Center where there's a crazy shootout going on. Maggie and the and crowd can't, like, get closer to the glider. And Roddy Piper just got, like, <laughs> screwed over again. And so he's shooting a satellite dish. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, he's, he's the Highlander is having to... a flat fight off to the side. <laughs> And why was and why was fucking Sean Connery like <laughs> who is clearly Scottish like there's no way he's from no, uh, yeah okay not talking they they oh, yeah, throw yeah, yeah. but anyhow the uh, the rival gang that they're having a fight with throws the glider off the World Trade Center and it plummets to its destruction so they immediately have to start thinking okay a new plan we can't get out of New York on the glider anymore we got to get down from the World Trade Center and we got to find another way they reteam back up they go to the the brain's car that's down there and they they get in they won't start like open the hood see what's up and a dude pops out holding a uh, uh, that crossbow on snake. Oh, yeah. And the Duke is like off in the distance and he's like, car trouble? <laughs> like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and Duke's got all his people and they're like, give me the present. They're like, no. And I think they just run, right? They run away. Do they? How do they get away from the Duke at this point? Cabby saves when they, them. That's when the cabbie shows up. Cabby saves them, but something happens that I don't remember. I don't but remember either. There's somehow a diversion or a distraction that goes on. So brain pulls something out. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Pliskin. I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. But something happens, and and they are able to get out of there. But um, then they're running from the Duke at this point. They're running for the hills. They're like, all right, let's get out of here. We got to get to the walls, and if we get to the walls. We can contact the people on the other side, and they can get us out of here. Meanwhile, Snake is at like what twenty minutes on his timer. Yeah, and yeah. And no, by the way, none of the people he's rolling with he's he's never told a single one of them. Hey, by the way, in like twenty minutes, my neck's gonna blow up, and I'm gonna die. That's why I'm rushing through. Everything <laughs> yeah, right but now. he won't stop telling them get the president. Well, get the president. well yeah. yeah, I mean, like he doesn't have to tell everyone his life story. They already know it, except for the part where he's still alive. Yeah, I mean, just most of them think that he's already dead. Already dead. So they get in the cab with Cabby. Snake says, I'll drive because it's the climax of the movie. And uh, let me see. It's everyone in the car. Brain has a map of the 69th Street Bridge. The mine. The mine. The, yeah. the, the mine map. There's mines on the 69th Street Bridge. They're going to take it, but there's a bunch of mines. So, so Brain's going to tell him where to drive. And uh, the Duke is coming after him in his car. So you got Cabby's cab taking off down the bridge, which and is Chandler full of McGee. other... Yeah, and Chandler's McGee falling suit. There's cars everywhere. The only way to get on a bridge is actually they build like a dirt, like a deuce of hazard dirt mount to like jump onto the bridge. How are the boys going to get out of this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just take off and, and just driving is like, and Brain's like trying to no tell him how Duke's to drive. No, really got him cornered this time. <laughs> He did. The Duke of New York. Yeah, no, that's why they one. did that. Now I, now I get it. It's the Duke of New York as opposed to, okay, I, that's why they did that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly okay. why. Okay. It's taken me 10 years to realize that. I'm fine with it. So he's chasing them down the bridge, and they're trying to avoid mines, but the brain kind of sucks at reading the map because he's the worst. <laughs> um, brain is the worst. Like, I love the actor. No, he, but brain is the worst. Brain's like, the worst. Oh, 
purse. Like the one thing he's supposed to be able to do is read the map, and he's not able to do it right. And that's why they I think they blow the car at some point. Yeah, and it Obvi- obviously, half. obviously, this blue part here is the land. <laughs> I think, and where all these people is is obviously the sea. Ultimate wild card. Yeah. Right, like ultimate wild card. I agree with that because uh. he's just. It's not the wild card because you learn to. You don't know whose Rett. side he's on. Yeah. He's not really on anybody's side. He's, he's on the side of survival. And it's just, just ah, him it's, and Maggie. He, he sticks by Maggie because Maggie sticks by him. As far as we know. And that's the only allegiance we know he has. But Maggie, like as a character, at least has like a moral. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, line, uh, so you know? often she's like, Braid, you can't let him do this. And then eventually Brain does the right thing after Maggie like gets onto him about it. But the brain can go either way. But they're driving down the bridge, and they run over a mine, and it cuts the car in half. As mines do. As mines do. It cuts the car in half half. like it was a fucking lightsaber. Only killing one person. Yeah. Maybe maybe the the mine was made out of lightsabers. A lightsaber mine? Yeah. You can't imagine a worse hell. (laughs) A lightsaber mine? But it cuts it to where the front seat keeps driving forward, and the back seat spirals out. Snake and Cabby are in the front. Cabby's dead. Uh, the president. Yep. So we have no more exposition for the rest of the nope, movie. We but we look to like ourselves. the last ten minutes of the movie. But uh, but the back seats the president, Brain, and Maggie, and they get out, and Brain's like, "I said swerve left, you jackass!" Like they throw a joke kind of in there a little bit. It's kind of weird. Well, I mean, it, the whole movie's kind of been like that. Yeah, it's kind of been like that. And then Brain's like, "Guys, guys, go left, go left," and he steps on a mine. As he's, going, it, as he's going the direction they're the, not going. They're not going in. Uh, as earlier, where we had a mine full of lightsabers, it looked like this was a mine of tiny little trampolines because brain goes flying in the air like 20 His feet. body doesn't like break apart or anything. It like just a goes mine flying would. in the air yeah. and it falls on the trunk of a car. And that mine, which was not placed there by the Duke of New York, that mine was actually placed there by... Hey, number one. The uh, the, uh, the uh, United States Police Force, police and army at this point. Yeah, they're all, they're also encamped around the city of New York. Oh yeah, there's um, like a, there's like a whole sequence where they land. Yeah, like inside Manhattan exactly. that we haven't just we so haven't like touched get, on. Get info and like, well, it's like they're like control of New York, but you can tell they never go into New York because dear God, even they're oh, yeah. freaked well, out by it. Would they, they, they would have to send so much force into there just to be like, hey. What are you doing? Because I always felt like whatever... Stop it. Whatever <laughs> whatever made New York like a prison, I imagine that they didn't just straight up like say one day, all right, well, New York's Have you seen the now. prices at Macy's? Yeah. But I don't think they ever... As, in my mind, the history works that crime was so bad, they made New York a prison. So either they got everyone out or the crime was so bad... They roped it off. I would imagine they probably just like they probably gave a certain designation of when roping it off was going to happen, mm-hmm. and at that point, a it's lot up of people to you left to get the fuck out. Yeah, and, and if a you lot can't of... get the fuck out. Sorry about you. Yeah, like I don't believe that Cabby was a criminal sent to New York City. I believe yeah. Cabby's a Cabby because he grew up in the New York. The walls went up, and he was still there. Yeah, he's like he'd been a Cabby for thirty years. That's what he years. kept saying. He's like, yep. I've been driving these streets, this neighborhood for 30 years. He's probably just 1967. Well, Stalker didn't want to leave. You know, yeah. there's people who don't leave during hurricanes. You yep. know, so I think it's that. Yeah, so, we, yeah around here we tangent? call them Floridians. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors, friends, and family. That was John's favorite drug. John wants, John's kind of losing that at the board. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a point to that. Well, uh, anyhow, Brain falls on a car, and this is the point where Maggie, Maggie is snaps. so upset. That brain died because she obviously really loved him. That's that's sincerity. That's not sarcasm. 
But she decides to take all of her rage out on the Duke of New York. Who's still chasing them in the Cadillac. Who's still chasing them in a car. And she pulls out out her six-shooter. And you're like, oh, man, she's totally going to shoot him through the head while he's driving towards her. It's going to be fucking badass. Because she just killed three guys in one second. Faster than, like, what a revolver speed shoots at. There's no way she's not going to make this shot and get run over like a little... But then the movie subverts your expectations as she doesn't make the shot and At then all. she does get run over. She, she just, just gets, gets run the fuck and over. I, and you know what? I applaud the movie for its brave directorial directions <laughs> that it decides to go in and subverting those expectations. Because yeah. that's what you that's what you think's going to happen based on the credible evidence that you're giving, based on the on the earlier parts of the movie. And it just turns those ideas on their head. Bravo. Good point. That's all that has to be said about that. Tune in next week for moving on autopsy. <laughs> John. <laughs> yeah, was, somebody please just go yeah, on now. No. So Maggie's dead as shit. She's dead. Uh, <laughs> the Duke's car is wasted, though. So he he's got to run on foot. He's got, uh, he's got a Snake's gun. He took Snake's gun early on, and mm. he's chasing after them. By the point Snake and the president have reached a wall, the police force has, like, uh, a rope going over the side and they pull the president up first because he's the president and the president's all fucked up at this point. So they like, have a precedent to save the president. Don't you do that. <laughs> don't, just, don't you do that. Chad is presiding over this podcast so he will appreciate it if you don't do that. <laughs> you and your wordplay, sir. Anyhow, so they, they're lowering the jock strap that will raise them up to the wall. <laughs> It's one of those power weight things. Yeah. It's like you, you don't lift it with a bar, you lift it with a giant like like I don't know, strap that's been sewn over 30 times so it won't break, like the like you pull up on. And they got the him up, they got the uh the president up there. The duke is close. The duke takes out like two guards on the wall. That's like the first like prisoner to kill like yeah, some of the like guards. guards in probably years for them. And Snake gets up there. He starts going up. Somebody, there's a sh- close-up shot of the of the the lever switch that turns the the retractor off. Don't do it, Ringo. And I can't help it. I'm a natural lever puller. <laughs> and so Snake's just sitting on the wall. And uh, oh, there's a fist fight between Snake and the Duke. Actually, that's what it is. They fight. Snake kicks Duke's ass for a second. Gets up. Goes up. Liverpool gets turned off. The Duke goes for, to pull no, off a couple. For seemingly no reason. It's no, it honestly. serves no purpose other than to extend the ticking clock, which is like two minutes at this point. Yeah, he's for snake. He's got two minutes to live, and the Duke goes to shoot him off, and you just hear gunshots, and the President of the United States of America has grabbing <laughs> um, like this firearm and just laying waste to the Duke. Just well, y'all the a, Duke. It's a full automatic. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's just a, like, it's a full I don't know what it was. It's a, it's a full automatic rifle. I don't know. I don't know what the model is. Military but. grade rifle. Yeah. And he just lays into them like, you're the Duke. I ain't number one. He's like yelling at him, kind of losing it. Oh, nah, yeah. I ain't number one. Oh, yeah. You're a number one. You're, you're a number, number one. one. Because the here's the thing you're about the, the Duke, because we mentioned that it was played by Isaac Hayes, but here's the thing about the Duke. He was a bad fucking dude. Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody crosses the Duke. He was a... Everybody knows just, that, Sam. I'm just talking about the Duke. I can dig it. But no, he was a, he was a bad dude. Like... He's like, not, crazy. Not he was only, torturing the president. Not only did, did yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. Not not only did he rule the streets of Manhattan with an iron fist, 
but like whenever he had control of the president, he wasn't the guy who was like he wasn't a sympathetic villain. He wasn't somebody who had an agenda that we could get behind because he was wrong in the past. Like, no, he was a fucking just bad guy who was on the streets with a bunch of other bad guys. And he's the one who rose to the top of all the bad guys. Because he's the baddest. And now he's got the leverage of the president, so I'm going to do with that as I please. And I'm going to do things like chain him up to the wall and have him tell me what my name is while I fire this automatic rifle at him. Mm-hmm. And that Trying is, to knock that suitcase out of his hand. And that's also when they got the suitcase opened. And another thing we haven't mentioned yet is the tape that is in the suitcase. Yes. The tape, some kind of like chemistry breakdown of something. Uh, tritium. It's, it's like a new element they found that helps oh, nuclear yeah, yes. fusion, and that's yeah. what fix a lot of the world's problems. I believe that it's the element MacGuffin. The element MacGuffin is a thing on a, on the MacGuffin MacGuffin-ium. that has to be uh, told to the people at the MacGuffin before the MacGuffin is over. It has to be MacGuffined to its full MacGuffin before it can MacGuffin the MacGuffins. It is MacGuffin cubed. And then we can MacGuffin our MacGuffins. Yes. So if you look down at the bottom row of the periodic MacGuffin. table in the lactides, you will find the MacGuffin element. Because <laughs> as far as I know, that's what, that's what was on the tape. Yep. It comes from scientists fusing together lots of ideas and realizing that they need something to linchpin all the insanity together. And they're like, why come up with something reasonable when we could just make some shit up? I buy that logic. Hence the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin. The MacGuffin element. So that's the tape. It, it explains they have to play a new element. There's this peace just, summit. It's, it's a magic box of a tape. Yeah. And there's this peace summit between the United States and the Soviet Union. Hey, movie, why don't you date yourself a little? And China... Don't worry. There's no tension anymore. No, t- none whatsoever. <laughs> none of that to worry about. Yeah. Thank so. God the Cold War's over. Anyhow. Yeah. And that's the time that's... In- turn with snakes uh, electrodes or whatever in his neck you gotta get the president and that tape back I need that tape so after the president takes out the duke he turns the thing back on for snake so the snake can get over the damn wall and be saved he comes down. He stumbles over to the scientist. The scientist is about to neutralize the it's, thing it's, in his neck. It's the scientist lackey. It's the guy who was sympathizing. With yeah, Snake the guy in the who first felt place, bad. Who was like, "You need to tell him what we just did yeah. to him." It's that guy has like these like things that like can be like well like X rays. He says X rays. It's X rays that like That's somehow dis- disarm the yeah. discharge in some way. And he's about to do it to Snake's neck. And Lee Van Cleef moves him and goes, "Give me the tape, Pliskin. Give me the tape." And Pliskin. Pulls a tape out of his front pocket and hands it to him. Oh, was it his front pocket? I thought it was his ass. But anyways. No. The tape he handed Lee Van Cleef was from his front pocket. Trust me. It his pays off later. His front ass pocket. His front pocket. It pays off later. And they do it. And Snake looks at the clock in classic Hollywood movie fashion. Two, one. He stopped with two seconds left. Yep, it's that, crazy. That's when they get it all shut off. That's when they get it all shut off. Apparently and the president's safe, and a lot of people are dead. Apparently his a neck doesn't blow off. And his ne- this time. They take him over to the president. But he does get a job offer out of it. Oh, but no, yeah, no, no, but you're right. They that take him over first. to the president. Remember, do you remember this? Yeah, I remember. And, and he asks him, he's like, I just want a moment of your time. And the president says, okay, you can have anything. You just saved my life. And that's while he's like sitting down in the chair. He, they're putting makeup on his black eye. They're, sh- they're, sh- they're getting shaving him all his face. They're, shaving. they're cleaning they're him up. Because he needs to go on TV to the summit. He's and got explain. two and a half minutes. He's got two and a half minutes. He's going to he's gonna play the tape. And uh, present this like peace offering to the world. Well, that's his ace in the hole. It's, yep. And it's just so horrible because like he he told him, you know, a lot of people died in order for us to save you. What do you have to say about that? And at that moment, the president is looking 
at a mirror at himself, seeing how he looks like before he's about to address something. Missing a finger still. On TV. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the finger. cool thing. I thought that um, he had he had switched the tapes after this moment because he was like, oh, the president oh. is just like in his oh. own world and doesn't care. But but I realized the moment he gets off, yes, he just gives it to um, yeah, Ben Cleef. Yeah, he hands the tape to the fr- his tape from his... From he his front. Van Cleef, his front tape pocket. In the back pocket is the real tape. Yes. So when the president gets, when the president hands uh, Snake some bullshit line about how everyone who helped him was a patriot in this country appreciates it, and Snake walks off into the distance, um, the president gets on TV and plays the tape that oh, Snake handed Lee Van Cleef. And that tape is swing. wonderful music from Cabby. It, it was Cabby's swing tape yeah. that he loved. It was like Cabby's Justice. Yeah. So uh, Justice for Cabby. So as, as justice for Cabby. Justice, justice for, Cabby. for Cabby. Hashtag Justice for Cabby. Um, so Snake walks away. He pulls the tape out of his back pocket. That's the Trinium important tape. And he just rips it up. Rips it up. Destroys it. Breaks it. While smoking a cigarette. Smoking he a smokes cigarette. a lot of cigarettes in this movie. He's got a lot going on. He's very healthy for his... You know. he's, he's probably just... It's probably just tenaciousness and a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. That's the Pliskin we know. And he tears up the tape. He turns down the job working for Lee Van Cleef to kind of keep doing what he's doing. And he walks off into the darkness. Whatever that is. And credits roll. Oh, man. He is so unagreeable, though, in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. Van Cleef is like, will you do this, uh, Pliskin? And Plis- uh, he's like... I go by Snake. And at the end, he's like, so we'd be a one hell of a team, <gasps> Snake. And he's like, that's Pliskin. That's Pliskin. Oh, I, I love Pliskin. that scene Big when he's like no. walking out before they realize he did the old switcheroo. Like if Lee Van Cleef is smoking a cigarette. And then he goes, earlier Snake said, I'm going to kill you when this is all over. And afterwards he goes, all right, Snake, you going to kill me? And Pliskin just goes, I'm too tired. You never heard of like an action star be like, uh, in yeah. the morning. In the morning, I'm too Maybe tired. Later. Maybe, Maybe later. later. Let me load. Maybe later. But I can also, I can also imagine just like in true smoking the bandit fashion. I can see like Lee Van Cleef, like as a good that, fight there. As, as that, uh, as that swing music is playing, it's just like, God damn it, bandit! <laughs> God, get bored. boy, go with the beauty justice. Dad, it's the wrong type. <laughs> Boy, when I get home, I'm going to slap your mama in the mouth. <laughs> Quoting the movie. Quoting the movie. Because there's no way you came from my loins. Uh, that's a... Quoting the movie. Quoting the movie. Of course. Quoting the movie. Walking off into the distance now, and that's just how the movie ends. Yeah, it's just like he helped the president, but he doesn't do it for... He, they still don't accomplish their goal. It's true to like... And he just did it to be free. That's the only reason Bliss yeah, can do it. And he had no choice, really. I mean, like, honestly, I feel like this kind of thing is what inspires a lot of video games. This whole movie is like, like, it plays out. Like, we, we made the joke earlier about the, sim- the similarities, but there are a lot of similarities. Isn't Metal video Gear games. Solid based on this a lot? I yeah, would Pliskin. definitely Actually, believe yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Pliskin, Pliskin is, is Solid Snake. And yeah, I would, they, I, they call him Snake in the goddamn game. And yeah, and that's this, this movie. Uh, I could totally, when I, when I think of the uh, Metal Gear Solid games, I would picture. Kurt Russell's portrayal of Snake Plissken as Solid yeah. Snake. Because it's just like this badass who's been in the military. He knows what to do. But he's not really with the military because he's been betrayed. And he's kind of a rogue agent now. And he's like doing Rambo. this job because he's been blackmailed into it. Yep. And he's got an eye patch. 
Very important. And he's got an eye patch. I feel like that's the kicker. And then once is, once everything is all done, he just walks off into the sunset, like Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that's a whole other kind of discussion. Is the, the yeah, similarities? So this movie's crazy. And his hair yeah. is so wrestled. Yeah, it's fabulous <laughs> wrestled hair. <laughs> his, his hair is wrestled. His curd is wrestled. His snake is. I thought you were dead. Could go on all night. I love this movie a lot. I love the look of the movie. I love that it was mostly shot on location in East St. Louis, Illinois. <laughs> they had a fire. And, and there's was, was a good amount of models involved. There I is feel. a good amount of models involved. There's a good involved. amount of models. But uh, East St. Louis had a fire in the late 70s, and uh, a lot of downtown just looked like that. And the city let let the production film there. The only, but, sh- the only shot that's in New York is actually the Statue of Liberty. But shot. we didn't start the fire. Don't oh, don't. Come on. I can't kick you out of your own house, dude. <laughs> but we're going to try really if you to. keep this up. Yeah, I'm going to keep pushing my boundaries. But like, I got to see where that and, line is. <laughs> so this is like, a, oh, God, it's just everything you love about Carpenter. Without overdoing it, not that you can do too much Carpenter. But, they live gets awfully close, but honestly, uh, the, I respect they live more for getting closer to it. But also, like I like I love the thing, but the thing is so crazy. I can only watch it every now and then. Yeah, I, like it, it messes with you, bad. The thing is also just that I actually I'm I'm a little bit different than you guys. I feel like the thing is my favorite Carpenter movie, but I also agree with what Chad says. I can watch Escape from New York and they live a lot more often. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. Between those three films, I love them all so much and they all do very different things. They yeah. do. They all do like well, they live concept is so original and so forward and so ahead of its time it's just like oh yeah i can't really compare it to escape from new york well i can but i it's hard to compare it to escape from new york which is more like this is badass like you said video game-esque action movie before we had the typical protagonist from all action movies that came from the 80s and 90s you know, it's one of the proto-protagonists. I exactly. feel like Escape from New York has one thing about it that other uh, Carpenter movies, uh, the, the, mainly the main two we just referenced, are different. They're still Carpenter, and even though the movie's bleak, and it doesn't it ha- like kind of have a happy ending, but kind of on like this like jaded protagonist term. Well, yeah, like just just because it ends on his terms. Yeah, it ends on his term, and it's just crazy absurd things happening. It's a fun movie. Oh yeah, you have it's a good so much time fun on this to movie. watch. It's a not a romp, but it is kind of a road movie in a weird way. They're constantly on the move, so I dig it. I hope you guys dig it. Let us know what you think on the social medias. Hit us up on the comments. Subscribe to the YouTube's and the YouTube's. Uh, Escape from New York. This was crazy. Uh, not as crazy as the next one's going to be. That one's going to be insane. Tune in for that one. But for this week's the uh, podcast, to end all podcasts. It may be our last one. It's, I think we're working up to it. No, nah, not really. No, we're we'll keep, keep doing it. Yeah, we we'll keep, keep going. We're going to keep grinding. Yeah, it's really good. Um, for this week's Movie Night Autopsy, I'm Chad. I'm Sam. I'm Grace. I'm Asher. Thank you for listening. What's up, crew? If you got any idea of what you would like for us to talk about on the minute or on Movie Night Autopsy podcast, hit us up on the social medias. You can hit us up on Twitter at Movie underscore Autopsy. Check us out on Facebook at Movie Night Autopsy. Always feel free to email us, contact at MovieNightAutopsy.com.